You're listening to Live Wild Radio, the part-time adventure podcast. Join us as we explore how outdoor adventures build mind, body, and spirit. The date, January 20th. So, uh, for American listeners, obviously, January 20th is your inauguration day. So, uh, good for you. Um, you know, hopefully, uh, you're, you're on the side that's happy. Um, uh, if you're on the side that's sad, uh, don't be sad. Don't, don't let your life be dictated by politicians. Mm-hmm. You know, like live your own life or something, you know, because politicians, you get a ton of them over the course of your life. And if you're going to be, uh, all happy or sad based on who they are, um, then you're, you're, you're taking your own happiness out of uh, your hands and giving it to somebody else. Well, that's a big lesson. Yeah. That uh, your happiness does not lie in others. It lies within you. Yeah. You know? I'm Catherine. I'm Winston. Uh, and you're listening to Live Wild Radio. And basically, I think today we're going to talk about, uh, you know, the general idea of goals. But just have a conversation, sort of what we're doing, what our plans are going uh, you know, right now, um, maybe fitness wise and sort of different goals we've set for ourselves and then sort of some tips on how to accomplish goals. Well, this will be a different episode because I'm completely going unscripted. I'm like, let's just turn it on and, and see talk. what happens, yeah. which is not my norm, <laughs> uh, but I'm willing to try something new. Yeah. Just to have a conversation. Let's see where the adventure goes. Yeah. We're just heading out into the woods. Yeah. Um, so we just finished our workout. Winston's been a real, I don't know slave driver <laughs> and no we're not talking about sex <laughs> <laughs> um yeah I, I think the thing you you run into though um because we work out together um whenever like we're doing a workout and she calls me an asshole or something i'm doing the exact same thing so i'm also an asshole to myself then yeah it just makes me feel better oh, okay whatever <laughs> um <laughs> whatever works right to get through a workout yeah yeah, but they're pretty good. We're, we're working out in my apartment. Because we're, um, like our Hobbit friends would say, they have second breakfast. Um, we're having second lockdown. Um, so here in Ontario, we're um, locked down again. Um, I'm non-essential, so I'm uh, uh, basically not working from home. <laughs> I'm just home. Um, on the government dole, as as our British friends would say. Uh and running into the thing where where uh, you're not supposed to leave your house except for like grocery shopping, doctor's appointments, and you can go out to walk for exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's how locked down we are. So you walk to my place, yep. which there and back is about 10,000 steps. So you get at least some walking in where I'm just still got to work on that because I'm at 2,800, which is really bad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the, the nice thing is though is like, the the workout plan we've got going right now um, is two days on, one day rest, two days on, one day rest. Um, although because of sort of some scheduling things this week, we actually just did three days in a row and then we're going to get a day's rest. Yeah, I felt that. Yep. <laughs> um, and this this is something that, that can be useful for people um, because what I did is take some old school and new school and then adapted it to just what we had as far as equipment goes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really, even when the gyms reopen, um, maybe maybe to be able to do squats and deadlifts. This is working for us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. like I've not seen results like this, like ever, really. 
I'm also at my lowest weight. We'll talk about that, what I'm doing to in my nutrition. But I'm getting muscles. Yeah. I'm doing, I'm seeing the gains in the exercises, like the push-ups. Swings um, are easy. swings, oh my God. Friggin' 45-pound kettlebell swings doing 200. So 10 sets of 20. Yeah. Yeah, so so just to give people an idea, um, I took the the old school idea from Vince Gironda, the Iron Guru, you know, sort of the uh, golden age bodybuilding coach. So from what era was he really in his peak? Uh, what, as yeah. far as coaching, sort of like 60s, 70s, okay. into the 80s. Um, uh, so Vincent Giroux? Gironda. Okay, he'll be in the show notes. Yeah. Um, so, so he was a proponent of... Uh, like the eight sets of eight workout. And so uh, basically you would do um, eight sets uh, of eight reps and, you know, you'd have 15 to 30 seconds rest between sets, right? So you would end up knocking off like eight sets in eight minutes, <laughs> you know, eight, 10 minutes for eight sets. Um, and... He, he had sort of some ideas about the exercises, so I'm not doing his specific exercises because, A, we don't have the equipment, and, B, some of them I don't think are the best exercises. Um, but, you know, I took that concept because it was very effective for both building muscle and burning fat because you did a lot of work in a short amount of time. Okay. Um, then anybody who's familiar with CrossFit uh, will be uh, familiar with EMOM workouts, which is every minute on the minute. So you'd set a timer to beep every minute and whatever you've programmed, you do at the start of the minute. And then when you finish that set, whatever's left till the next minute starts is what you get for a rest, right? So if you're trying to build strength, you'd use heavier weights, low reps, like maybe two or three reps. Um, so you'd get a little bit longer rest. Um, if you're, say, with something like we're doing with the kettlebell swings, uh, we do 20 swings, um, which takes about 30 seconds because a swing is a quick exercise. Like mm -hmm. each rep is pretty quick. Mm -hmm. um, it takes about 30 seconds, so you get 30 seconds rest. Um, and we'll then set the timer to do either 8 or 10 intervals. Uh, and so in, you know, 8 minutes, you do 8 sets. Mm -hmm. And then we'll take like a minute rest before we switch to the next exercise. And we tend to do it in, because we don't have enough gear to do the same exercise at the same time. Um, like to give an idea today, we did kettlebell swings. Um, and when Catherine was doing the kettlebell swings, I was doing body rows because we've got the TRX, we stuck it on the door frame. <laughs> um, and then when we were done our eight sets, we just switched. So then I did the kettlebell swings and she did the body rows. Mm -hmm. Um, and any of the upper body exercises, they might be hard, right? The muscles burn and you get fatigued, but you're not gassed. Yeah. And then the next other two exercises where I do one, you do the other, um, there tends to be like an upper body and a lower body. Mm -hmm. So you're constantly, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You're, you're not doing two upper bodies back to back. No. It's, so you get, you know, maybe about, I guess, the equivalent of almost, depending if you do 10 sets of 10, you know, about 10 minutes of rest because you're doing another exercise, like yeah. lower body. So then you go back to upper body the next set or yeah. the next, uh, what would you call that? Next uh, session of, of maybe next exercise. Yeah. yeah. Like we alternate upper and lower body exercises mm -hmm. and the lower body, because the muscles are bigger, 
um, and we tend to do more reps because we don't have heavy weights, um, are also terribly taxing on the cardiovascular system. So like doing eight sets of 20 kettlebell swings in eight minutes. At 45 pound kettlebell. Yeah. Yeah. That is a terrific, in addition to working your hamstrings and your glutes and lower back, um, are a terrific cardiovascular load, right? So we're effectively doing intervals. Unlike when we were in the gym, we were only doing like sets of five. And of course, anything over five then, it was like cardio for us because... Yeah, we do our cardio separately, you know, or maybe do... Uh, I never did cardio, you know, or we do like a metabolic finisher at the end, like pushing the sled, which sucked. Yeah. Yeah. It was hard. (laughs) Yeah. You know, but stuff that would get you gassed at the end. Yeah. But Um, this time we do it throughout. Yeah. Um, And then, so we do the swings and the body rows. Then we did goblet squats um, with the kettlebell uh, and then did uh, face pulls with the band attached to the railing. And then to finish off, we did bicep curls and uh, leg raises. Mm-hmm. So, and then we also did a squat. Well, that pull. was goblet squat. Oh, the goblet squat. You yeah. said that. Yeah. Okay. Um, so basically, each of these we did for eight minutes, like eight sets each. So you run into the thing. It was 48 minutes of working um, with a minute between each exercise. Uh, so it ends up being a... You know, call it like a 50, 55 minute workout, including those rests, you know, when we warm up beforehand. Um, but you get like a fabulous workout. Yeah. Cause how many calories do you normally burn in these? I'm just checking mine right now. Um, What's it? Yeah. Like basically this type of workout, you're probably going to burn like in an hour. Yeah. Uh, like 500 calories. It's high. I'll tell you once it comes up. You know, because it's all based on your heart rate. So upper body exercises aren't going to do a lot to burn a ton of calories because the muscles aren't that big. Mm-hmm. But because every workout we're getting like things like swings and rear stepping lunges and, uh, you know, goblet squats and, mm-hmm. you know, that we're doing for, for moderately high reps, like anywhere from 10 to 20 reps, that ends up getting your heart rate up. Yeah. Oh, you're completely gassed. Yeah. At the beginning, you know, you're getting through it, but become the third one. Yeah. Now the kettlebell goblet squats. Oh my God. Like torch my quads, my thighs, but especially my, my core. Yeah. I felt that today. I think yeah. it's just because it's the third day. I'm really tired. And so were the bicep curls. Yeah. But, um, it's, it, I love it. I love the fact that it's almost like a carrots in front of you. Like you just need to work hard for a little bit. Yeah. You know, because then, the upper body exercises, they, you know, your muscles will burn and everything, mm-hmm. but you're not gassed on them. You're right. Right. So it's just, you it's just, just, you just got to get through burning. those eight sets. Yeah. Right. And basically, you know, you, and then it's like beep. And then, you know, you do your set and then, you know, you're just catching your breath and beep. It just every minute. Yeah. So it, it, there's there's no dicking around. Right. Um, so you run into the thing of you get stronger. Here we go. 455 calories I burned. Yeah, in a 48-minute workout. It's pretty good. That's yeah. pretty... Because when we bike in an hour, do we? how much do we burn? Um, I can't remember. Yeah, you could be sort of in that... In that range? That... Uh, it depends how many hills you're doing and all We're that kind of thing. We're talking about mountain biking. Yeah, right? so... Um, you might be up in that, uh, five to 600 range. That's pretty inspiring. Yeah. 
you know, for the return. Yeah. Because you're not only burning calories, but you're also running into the thing where you're getting stronger. Yeah. Right. And building muscle. So that's why, like, I really um, like these workouts. Uh, You're not going to have as much peak strength as you would, you know, if we had like barbells and, you know. Um, so my deadlift isn't going to be as strong, but we're going to have more muscular endurance, yeah. which actually pays off for the kind of things we want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cause we mountain bike, we rock climb. It's about moving your body around, not about just how heavy of a thing you can pick up. Yeah. And, and because there's a lot of movement in everything we do and we've been doing just a lot of interesting dynamic moves, mm-hmm. your body moves when you do things. So you want to be strong as you do. And if you're under load or if you're one legged, you want to be strong. Like yep. if you're backpacking or climbing um it's also great for not injuring yourself right because a lot of what we're doing because it's higher volume it's less weight in some ways it's still challenging um like come the end you know towards the end you're struggling and which is you know good for growth and Mm -hmm. then um but you always want to aim to make it a little harder like you know you as long as you keep track of where you're at whether it's the weight um, and if the weight's good, but you, you know, you might want to go from eight, say body rows to 10, yeah. you know, a little bit more and you do that over time. And then the next time do it to 12, get your feet closer to the wall as you're doing your body rows, right? More yeah. of a, a slant. So many things you can do. You can go slower, you know, really, you should be doing that anyways, body control, right? Yeah. And going slow. But sometimes if it's gotten easier, I'll go slower just to make it harder. Yeah. And that's one of those things where I'm really happy with is like, uh, we're making great progress um, at home. Like, I, I, and I think because it, it, the way that we're doing it, whether we did this type of, because we, we've done this type of thing at the gym too. Uh, and unlike the usual, like do a set and then rest three minutes yeah. and do another set, mm-hmm. it's just go, 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 go. Yeah, it's very efficient. Right. A lot of work. You know, and so you end up with that that bonus of not only building muscle and strength, but you also are burning a lot of calories and you're getting fitter. Yeah. Right? Because like when you started, you couldn't do 20 kettlebell swings for all the sets. I don't remember. <laughs> right? <laughs> I should really mark these. Keep a journal. Keep yeah. a log. Because I did that for, you know, when we first started working out, I did that for the first year. It was yeah. amazing. Because you see your progress. Yeah. Because progress so, doesn't come in big jumps. How many kettlebell swings did I do? You were you were doing 15 per set. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I think I did start there. Right. And okay. now you're doing 20 and they're more powerful. Are they? Yeah. Right. The kettlebell's coming higher each swing. Yeah. So now I'm focusing more on um, thrusting up with my heels. And, and now you're telling me to pretend you're spreading, like ripping the floor with your feet. Yeah. Which, really get that glute engagement. Which I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll get there when I'm finished <laughs> with this challenge. You know, baby steps, but I'm yeah. doing them. No, it's good. And then we started doing the one uh, arm kettlebell swings. Yeah. Which, be careful indoors. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't dropped it yet. No, I haven't. I can't. This isn't my place. And yeah. then, and then of course, sometimes you have little ones, you know, trying to walk in front of you. Which, when you're doing kettlebell swings. It's, it's like what you see in Indiana Jones, you know, when the ball swings across and yeah. he just makes it. It's like, what the... <laughs> Anyway, but you know what? It's been a lot of fun because if we were to go to the gym, the kids go into daycare, yeah. right? Now they're working out with us. Yeah. Little baby weights and they le- are. Le- learning and body control. And they're loving control. it. Oh, and Hudson's really funny. Like he doesn't know how to, you know, because he doesn't know body awareness and yeah. control. You know, like everything's all, no, no. Like pivot at your hip. Reminds me of the scarecrow 
from uh, Wizard of Oz. Yeah. He just doesn't know how to <laughs> use, <laughs> how to his, use body. his body. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, it's like, no, no, get your butt down. Keep everything straight. And it's like he's doing push-ups and they're like all sideways and everything. It's like, you know. But I think it's one of those things where we're learning body awareness at this age um, versus like I would have killed to have coaching when I was his age. Yeah. Right. So by the time I started weight training and I started weight training earlier than most people, I started at 12 um, cause I discovered it was sort of one of those things. I was a fat kid that got beaten up all the time. So, um, discovering like the weight room, um, you know, it's a story of like so many guys. It was mm-hmm. this thing that set you free, mm-hmm. right? Cause now it's something you were in control of. Yeah. But I didn't know what the fuck I was doing when I started. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, like I remember squatting down to a bench, like with a barbell, but because I didn't know how to squat properly, mm-hmm. um, I would, have like weight plates under my heels. Okay. Um, you know, uh, versus getting my feet just a little wider and, and driving back with my hips and, okay, you know, like all the things you do when you squat. Did you ever hurt yourself doing that kind of stuff? Uh, no, I only ever hurt myself squatting, um, probably in my late twenties. Mm. And it, cause this is the thing, like if you're doing any big barbell exercises, um, Train hard, but don't train to failure. That's uh, number one mistake, isn't it? Yeah. Because like with a squat, um, it was a case where the person spotting me, mm-hmm. um, and I, like I used to really be like every set to failure. Like I used to be crazy for that. Yeah. And then I learned. Um, but it was a case of like pushing to failure with the squat mm-hmm. and my butt came up and the person didn't spot me Yeah, properly and... You know, I just sort of went forward and I hurt my back. Right. Um, so, you know, it's one of those things where that's the only time I ever, like, got hurt squatting. Yeah. I, I hear that all the time, though, is that people want to train to failure. You know, they do it all the time. And, and so talk a bit about that because I think that's interesting. You've, you've, you've taught me more about, you know, a training program and what it yep. looks like and, and how sometimes when you were coaching somebody or, you know, or it's very common – People who are being coached are often impatient. Mm-hmm. They want to like give her a rate to go, but you actually want to start off. Well, wh- what's your goal? You're doing a triathlon. You're riding. What is it? And work backwards. Yeah, because you have to. You know where you need to be. So work backwards, and you have to include your your recovery weeks where you're still working out, but at a lower, you know, intensity to recover. And you, that's where you get all your gains, which is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. But talk a bit about that. You know, do people do it on a four-week cycle, five-week cycle? I'm sure there's so many different philosophies. But yeah, what do, what do you like? What have you seen that's kind of well? I've I've basically done. It really depends on the person, mm-hmm. um, and and their other uh, stresses through life, right? Um, their training age like how long they've been training, but also their actual mm-hmm. chronological age. Okay. So, and this is why coaching is not a cookie cutter thing um right because you need to adapt it to the athlete and that's one of the things that's kind of cool with a lot of the modern technologies mm-hmm. right things like you know the garmin watches or the whoop bands or the oro ring you know those types of things mm-hmm. is that they will actually start to give you some actual real metrics on how you're recovering mm-hmm. um because one of the biggest things uh that people run into is uh basically they just are they have a program mm-hmm. and then they're just following it like a robot, like it's a computer program, right? And not taking into account 
sort of the variations that happen. Like if you have a hard workout planned, but you're just fried already, yeah. you're not well recovered. All you're going to do is make yourself more tired rather than make progress. Right. So having something that tells you um, that you're well rested, that you're ready to train, mm-hmm. um, I think is a great advancement for, for the average athlete, hmm. you know, because most people aren't, uh, there's sort of two different things. Number one, most people aren't tuned into their body enough to be able to make a judgment call. Yeah. Um, and number two, um, a lot of us, and I include myself in this, that are um, inherently lazy, mm-hmm. right? So it's very easy to go, uh, yeah, I'm not feeling it today. And then tomorrow, uh, no, I'm not recovered. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, So it, having something that uh, gives you that objective, you know, uh, measuring heart rate variability so that it shows that you're ready. So what exactly, what percentage do you want to be at? Or what? what's the metric you want to be at? So for like, my, I have a Garmin. Yeah. What is this? A Garmin SE Phoenix? Like 5S. 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 Or sorry, 6S, sorry. 6S, that's what I have. Yeah. Cool watch. It tracks everything. Even when we're like uh, uh, backcountry snowshoeing in the Adirondacks and then my Garmin fails, maps on my watch. Anyway, yeah. side sidebar. So it has what's called a body battery. And I'm actually doing pretty good today. And, and it, you know, told me for when I first had it, how low my body battery was and I probably should have been dead. Yeah. <laughs> and I would say it was about right. <laughs> and I don't know if I should have been dead, but I certainly was tired and worn out. And um, so, you know, and I know every me- every device is different, yeah. but for mine, for example, how do I know I recovered? Am I at 70% of my body battery? Would you estimate? Yeah, I would say 70 and up means you can work out hard. Okay. Um, you know, it's not as accurate um, of a tool that way okay. as something that's measuring heart rate variability. Yeah. Um, you, that watch will do it, but you need the separate chest strap. Yeah. Um, to be able to, to do that. it. Um, because then you run into the thing where... Should have came with a chef strap for the amount of money I paid for this. Yeah, that's true. You know, $1,100 anyway. watch. Never <laughs> never have a watch more valuable than your hand. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I think, <laughs> I think my hand's worth more than that. Go on. Well, if somebody chops your hand off to take your watch. Oh, oh I see. <laughs> <laughs> you can just undo it, honest. <laughs> um, but yeah, like the, the uh, what heart rate variability is, is not the... the what your heart rate is, mm-hmm. right? Like how many beats per minute you're beating, yeah. but it measures the intervals between it. And basically it's kind of an interesting thing where, um, the more even the intervals are between your heartbeats, the more yeah. fatigued you are, the more varied they are, the more recovered you are. Um, that's sort of it roughly in a nutshell, but, um, what the, uh, a lot of the devices that measure heart rate variability will give you, it's almost like the traffic light system, mm-hmm. you know, a red, yellow, green, mm-hmm. right? So red, go back to bed. Yeah. Yellow, easy workout. Green, give her motherfucker. And, and, and so interestingly here, I woke up this morning at a heart rate, you know, at a body battery of just under 50. Yeah. Very strange. It didn't go up from last night. <laughs> now, did you wear it to bed? I did. Oh, okay. And then come, sorry, that was early in the wee hour. So at 8 a.m., it was at maybe 58%, something like that. Then it dropped 
to just under 50. And then it went from maybe 10 o'clock to 4 o'clock from just under 50 to then um, something like 80. Like it climbed Mm -hmm. as I'm sitting there working. But you're not doing any work. I am working. Well, no, no. You're not physically working. Okay. Well, let's just get the straight that I was working. You know, <laughs> that was a well, very important. Sorry, what, what we define as work. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You did your job. I thought you were like trying to make a comment. Anyway, no, no. no but but more uh, like from a physical. No, absolutely. Uh, output standpoint. But so here's something interesting. I have my stress markers on, yeah. right? So obviously when it was tanking from eight to 10, I was apparently stressed out because <laughs> my stress is high. And that, I would say that's just emotional stress. I don't know where the, you know, I wasn't doing anything. Yeah. And then as I was just sitting there or not stressed, maybe it was, you know, distracted, done, done talking, you know, having meetings, just doing my thing. Um, it started to climb and then it started to come down again when stress. So actually I'm seeing a correlation here. Now, I guess stress could mean I'd have to see how they, I should really know how they define it, yeah. but I'm going to assume it's both emotional, whatever. It causing. can be emotional or physical. Yeah. So there's a correlation here between my body battery increasing when I have no stress and decreasing when I have stress. It's yeah. very clear. Yeah. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. The correlation. Yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen. And now remember, everybody, correlation does not equal causation. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. (laughs) But I'm also finding it interesting. I just subscribed to an app called Shine, based on in New York City. And it's both, it's it's a bit of a meditation app that gets you meditating at the beginning of the day and the end of the day. And at the beginning of the day, it just, you know, obviously, you can pick the kinds of meditation, whether you're stressed or anxiety, or if it's just taking more time for self-care. And um, they have different, very short, it's like a podcast, right? Meditations you do, whether it's breath work. But I've been trying to do more breath work. And this is, so I, I started doing this because of, I'm with the DeRose Institute, by the way, in New York City. It's a mindfulness um, institute. And so somebody that recommended this. And they also talked a lot about meditation. They, they stress that. And um, so there's relaxation, meditation, and breath work. And I would say what I'm doing is a lot of um, relaxation at night, meditation in the morning about setting your intention, you know, it, they just pick a theme and then also breath work. But I think I've, I've, I have to say since the holidays, I've been feeling pretty relaxed and not so tired. So what, what's your uh, marijuana bill? because it's legal here in canada i know no i haven't been taking any um and in fact since i've been on my diet i'm doing keto diet by the way um i get drunk too easily and i don't like the way i feel at all so i actually just sip my wine if i have it Mm -hmm. and i don't like that one time you bought me a drink and as much as it was tasty i'm like i can't drink this like i don't like that feeling i don't feel good i feel dizzy and you know so yeah so i just thought that was kind of neat the correlation between stress and your recovery. I didn't know that. Did you know that before? Yeah. Hmm. No, but, but I sort maybe, of work in this field. Maybe you told me I wasn't listening. Yeah. <laughs> but, it, but it's the I thing. I can only say so much, Winston. Yeah, yeah I talk too much. Um, so, so, Catherine, like, how would you describe, like, the changes you've noticed as far as the, the workouts go? Yeah. So, I guess it's been about, what, a month? Uh, maybe more no, than No, because we started them before Christmas. Did we? Yeah. Yeah. Like so, early December. Uh, changes. Um, tight upper body. Like I'm getting more bulging uh, delts. Mm-hmm. Like 
I've never seen them this big before. I can see the shape. Like they're really big. They're probably my biggest feature on my upper body or my delts. And then hardly any fat on, on them. It's getting very difficult to pinch the skin like the way I used to before. Mm-hmm. Um, so nice shape on the bicep. So it's my arms and my shoulders. Um, and of course, you can't see your upper back. I can't. You've showed me some pictures, so it's it's getting defined. But that's also the combination of so increasing, you know, muscle, but also losing fat. Yeah, I've probably lost five pounds, maybe since Christmas. Yeah, maybe something like that. Um, but I'm also feeling it like in my butt. I mean, you're liking my butt. You're saying it's pretty <laughs> for. Where it was like we should have done like a video of like let's hit Catherine's butt and see it all jiggle and, and then, and then you know, <laughs> do a few months later <laughs> that would have been funny. Um, yeah, it is smaller. Yeah, it's definitely smaller. It's starting to. It's just firmer. I mean, you know, at times like you're. I guess when you're lying down and you can really, especially when you're stretching. Like I feel very strong in my hips. Uh, my abs, I'm starting to get abs, like little lines, like it's, I still have fat there, but they're there. Like you, you can start to see maybe at the two, at 2 PM in the afternoon when the sun mm, hits. The lights the is right. <laughs> no, but I, I do see that. Um, well, and your stomach's a lot flatter too. It is. It is. Um, and I've been doing keto. So for perspective since I think it's been three or four months now. So the exercise has been a difference for sure. I feel good. I feel light. I feel agile. Yeah. Um, and then there's the performance, like the push-ups. Really happy about the push-ups. Now I do use, what's that called? Slingshot. The slingshot. Yeah, from Mark Bell. A couple of reasons. Um, and when I first started working out with you on these on this program, um, it was the first time I started doing push-ups again since I broke my elbow. Really. Yep. So I was starting with that for that reason. Um, just because sometimes, you know, sometimes it will tweak. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, it hasn't. So I've been really careful, really, you know, extending my shoulder blades back or pivoting them back and yeah. leaning forward. Um, and at first, it was really difficult with my knee, interestingly enough, in a push-up to um, bring my feet together and squeeze your butt and your obviously your thighs because my knee would was starting to, like, tweak as well, like twinge. It was very unstable. So eventually, that just went away. Mm-hmm. So now when I do a push-up, my feet are together you know, super tight as much as you can. Shoulders back, which makes it harder. Hands pivoted out a little bit. And now my bangs are touching the floor. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing sets of five or six. Yeah, for like eight sets. So there, so this is really good form. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I can probably up it to, I think I'm doing six. I can probably up it to seven now. So that's, that's good. So that's yeah. what I'll do next time. And I expect to go up probably for push-ups every week or every week and a half yeah something like that as in going up one more rep yeah so that's where i've noticed that um the kettlebell swings um the leg raises are better you know for abs and that was different for us we haven't been doing really any targeted ab work yeah whether it be the obliques or the lower pelvis um, and even the goblet squat, that is a real motherfucker. Like yeah. trying to keep that straight that, you know, I really don't feel that so much in my butt. I don't go, maybe I don't go low enough, yeah. but I get enough of a workout in my core that I feel like that's what the exercise is targeting. <laughs> it's not, you know, anything else. It feels harder than it was at the gym. Maybe it's because it's a goblet. Yeah. 
What, and it's c- compared to like barbell squats? I think so. Yeah, like barbell squats, you can do more weight. But mm. it's a, it's because the the a goblet squat, you're holding the weight in front of your chest. Um, it's like a front squat. So your core really has to brace to keep you from folding forward. Yeah. Right, because the weights, your anterior loaded or front loaded. Yeah. Um, so they really are a great core exercise as well. And you don't want to drop it. Yeah. Whereas a barbell is easier. Like you feel like you've got it. Because it's, it's on your shoulders. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm talking about with the, uh, sorry, the dumbbell. Oh, doing the goblet squats. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah, dumbbell can, squats feel easier than a goblet squat. Uh, yeah. Because also your hands, the way you can position them. Yeah. Um, is a little narrower. Yeah. And it's just pushing down on your palms. Right. It keeps your, your elbows in. Well, you have less of a grip um, in comparison to a, a dumbbell that just sits, yeah. right? Gravity. Whereas this one, you have to push in. So yeah. it's a bigger contraction that's yeah. hard. <laughs> so that's what I've noticed. I yeah. don't know. What have you noticed? I mean, in my physique, like, or what have you noticed? Is it just Yeah, like you're, you're definitely getting leaner. Um, your, your cardiovascular fitness has improved. Uh, because you're a, obviously like say something like the kettlebell swings, which are cardiovascularly taxing. Um, you just bang it, you know, you don't like doing them. That's why I do them first. Get them, get them on, <laughs> done. Know, I always give her the choice and she's like, no, I just want to get it out of the way. Um, but like you're just banging away now. Right. And it's a thing where you don't like it, but, it, but it's not a problem to do. Um, like you'll do all your reps in a row. Yeah. Whereas when you started, you'd also do the thing of sometimes break your sets up a little bit. You take a mini break in between. Right. You're not doing that anymore. No. Right. That, so that's a sign of increased fitness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's all those little things like more push-ups. The push-ups are getting lower. Your feet are getting closer to the wall doing body rows. Yeah. You know, all these little things that make it harder. Yeah. Um, because we don't have any extra weights to add. Yeah. Uh, so we're having to find whether it's adding reps, adding, you know, making the exercise harder. So for you, when you did this in COVID lockdown one, you mm-hmm. were doing a different workout and you were doing them on your own. Yeah. Really. We weren't doing too much together. So you said that you find this more effective. What's the difference for you? Um, and, and what changes have you seen? Well, the big thing comes in is because I didn't, I don't have any kettlebells at home. I've got my gymnastics rings. Mm. Um, and so this from a, calorie burning standpoint um and and you've got actually I, i've only got one pair of 10 pound dumbbells at home so we should let everybody know what do we have for dumbbells so uh, we have five, basically a five pound just is just for warm-up yeah so you know, five rotation. up to 20 yeah um and so what i find for things like overhead press or bicep curls uh I think that's the only two things I use the dumbbells for, isn't it? Oh, and then rear-stepping lunges. Because you've also got a 40-pound weight vest. Right. So rear-stepping lunges, I'll hold the 20-pound dumbbells and wear the weight vest. And that's with 20 pounds. Yeah. Um, And so it's a case where now I'm doing rear-stepping lunges with um, 60 pounds. Yeah, that's a great investment. Whereas I don't have that at home. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't... And if it gets harder for me, I could start wearing that when I'm doing push-ups. Yeah. Right? Or even body rows. Yeah. Oh, fuck. I'm giving him ideas. No, no, no. Like, I already knew that. <laughs> He's like, I endorse that. We're just, just not to that point yet. Right. Um, but yeah, like, that's one of the great things with a vest is that, you know, whether it's push-ups, pull-ups, body rows, uh, all of those types of things. 
um, you know, any of the leg work. Wear the vest and then hold the dumbbells. Mm-hmm. You know, hell, you could even wear it doing swings. Yeah, I'm impressed that um, we're obviously pushing ourselves, or I am, because I continuously, I'm feeling the work. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I felt it at the beginning a little bit. You know, I did. And then I didn't as much. Um, and there were times where I didn't, you know, you're like dripping sweat. I'm not. I think I'm working harder now. Yeah. Maybe it's because the form is coming. Um, but I do feel it. Like my, you know, I'm not, which is nice too, that it's not overly uh, painful. It's not painful. In other words, you know, where it's you, just hard you just work. give her. It's just work that's consistent. You sleep well. Um I find stretching's important, warming up. Mm-hmm. There are times, and my test is that if I can't cross my legs and bend forward at a good, you know, bend, then my quads are tight. And it just means I do that. And I feel it in my piriformis. Yeah. But for some reason, um, as soon as I stretch my quads, I go back and the, the, the stretch or the, the pain in my hips is gone. Yeah. So I, you know, and I also have learned to activate my glute muscles as by, part of the warm up. Yeah, I wear the the band around my thighs. I lie down on my side and I'm doing leg raises with my knees bent where I can't see my knee and I'm bringing it up in the air and I'm doing pul- and I pulse like 10 times and I do eight of those whatever on each side and then do some glute bridges with the band and that will hopefully wake up the muscles. Yeah. So that I use I'm in good form to do what I have to do. Yeah. And anytime you get the glutes firing then because basically and this is sort of one of the issues that so many people run into is your glutes and your upper back muscles like your lats Um, because we don't see them um a lot of people have a hard time engaging them uh whereas like things like pecs and quads and you know any of the muscles you can see they're easier to engage um so Doing exercises in your warm up, like mm-hmm. movements in your warm up, that activate those muscles to get them firing. Then, when you're doing the bigger exercises, um, it, they're basically operating efficiently. So that was an epiphany to me um, a couple of years ago, where you had me do ten sets of ten at maybe seventy percent of my max effort. Yeah, I think it was sixty, but whatever. Or sixty. Yeah. And at first, you're like, and because then back then we only did max five um, reps. Or six. Yeah. This is what like, that, that work is called German volume training. German volume training? Yeah. So um, I learned that out of that kind of workout, number one, there's a true thing that you do need, like warming up truly wakes up your muscles. Mm-hmm. It's not just getting, uh, preventing them from stretching or, hurt, you know, tearing, you know, when you just dive right in. But it truly gets things going and there's um, muscle activation, maybe muscle memory, working the way it should in that movement, right? Yeah, the the whole neurological, everything firing in the right order. Yeah. So it was neat because at the beginning, what was hard, you know, at the by your 10th rep and, and at, by my ninth or 10th set, it was so easy. Yeah. So that was just fun, a great illustration of that. If you haven't experienced that, everybody should do it. I just thought if you haven't done that kind of exercise before and you're so used to just doing short amount of reps and anything above that's like cardio to you as well, (laughs) check it out. Well, because it's not unusual for people to do like 8, 10, 12 reps, but most of the time people don't do 8 or 10 sets of that in a row. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's there. There is something that's kind of magical about a combination of moderate rep range 
with a lot of sets. Um, you know, basically you're just doing a lot of work. Um, and so that's where you get that benefit of, uh, you know, building muscle, like an, enough stimulus for, for muscle hypertrophy, but because you're doing so much work, you're burning a lot of calories. So mm-hmm. it's a great way to build muscle and lose fat at the same time, you know, which a lot of people say you can't do. Um, but as long as there's like healthy nutrition there, um, it's really quite amazing. Like an elite level athlete couldn't, but an elite level athlete usually doesn't need to lose any weight. Yeah. In terms of nutrition, you want to have, um, in terms of protein, muscle building, it helps supports muscle building. You want to have a gram for every pound of your body weight. Yeah. Yeah. I, ideally it's sort of like a gram, 1.2 grams per pound of lean body weight. So, Mm. you know, um, but you know, and if you look at the studies, it's anywhere from like 0.8 to 1.2 grams per pound. Like there's been different studies done. So it's simple, just one gram per pound. Hmm. Um, I'm not eating enough you know, because I was looking at 1800 calories a day. But right? but you're also looking at the thing you're trying, you're trying to be on a caloric deficit, right? So you're, yeah, but you're still getting like 150 grams of protein a day. Um, no, I'm not. Because um, when I was looking at 1,800 calories, right, I needed, uh, that's what I was basing my, um, yeah, 1,800 calories and my breakdown mm-hmm. of protein will get me 150 grams. I'm eating probably 14, 1,500 calories, so I'm not getting 150 grams. Yeah, so you're probably like 120 to 130. Maybe something like that. You know. So it's probably not the end of the world, but... No. At the end of the day, it's, um, and the reason why I'm doing that, aside from the fact that it's supposed to help, you know, it helps with muscle building. Um, for me, it's a sense of feeling satisfied, not hungry. Cause yeah. I was concerned about, you know, I'm trying to do what I'm doing, but I'm still hungry. I was on the full keto diet of 75% fat. Yeah. 20% protein. Yeah. And 5% carbs. Okay. Whereas now it's 60% fat, 35% protein. 5% carbs. So, so I found when I was on the full keto, strict diet, high fat, um, I was hungry. I was eating other foods, which I still lost weight, but at the end of the day, it's, uh, you know, almonds. I was eating a lot of almonds, mm-hmm. which I don't buy them anymore. Because <laughs> it's one of those things. It's very easy to put, you know, a few a hundred calories. calories in a couple handfuls of almonds. Absolutely. Right. And, and you know, and because what, what's the big reason you're you're doing the keto diet? I want to lose weight and inflammation. You want me to see? Obviously. Uh, okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. So, yes. Inflammation. I was feeling shitty in my joints. I've got, um, for people who don't know, a lot of injuries or issues with my knees. Stage four osteoarthritis in my right, stage two in my left, um, plus a host of other shit, like torn meniscus that I've dealt with in the past, had surgeries for. Like, it's not good. So I'm 40, going to be 46, and I'm trying to delay as much long as possible my knee replacements. So I've already done. Um, what did I do? I did stem, stem cell. Yeah. Which was interesting. But I found the keto diet to also be helpful in reducing inflammation. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really great. And I have a history of arthritis in my family, uh, rheumatoid arthritis. So I think inflammation is good to reduce as much as possible. Mm-hmm. I also want to lose weight. Um, I'm. I just want to lose weight, get fitter, but I want to have abs. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm. 
this is working. So I got to, you know, keep, I really do. I think that yeah. I've never achieved that. And I think it would be pretty cool to get lean. And, you know, I, obviously when you're lighter, you can just move around, you can backpack, you can do the things. And, and if time and age is difficult, you know, on your body, then mm. if you, if you take, take some weight of off, then moving is easier. But it's also great for stress, just stress reduction. And, you know, especially this year, right. You, you turn, I turned into a spaz and anyway. Yeah. Um, but I really love the, uh, the cycling and, you know, my goal, um, is to, I've only done it last year, mm-hmm. road cycling, mainly more mountain biking, but I'm pretty jazzed about getting into, uh, bike packing. So we pack our camping gear on the bikes and, and go. Mm-hmm. And I really love the mountain biking more than road cycling because, you're up and down so the idea of i have a problem with my seat on my road bike or it's a hybrid um yeah you know women's and bikes don't always work so i gotta fix that seat but um i just like the up and down i always feel better and it's it's just a lot of fun yeah because it's but mountain biking feels like playing it does if you feel like a kid you know whereas road cycling it can be fun but it's, it's work it's just exercise it's more like running yeah whereas you know with mountain biking, like I ride harder because it's just I don't want to walk up the hill. So you give it 100%. It's a lot of intervals. Yeah. Um, Which I actually work better. My I, I, I'm more motivated to do intervals than I am just long and hard. Yeah. You know. And so, uh, and, and I think you'll run into the thing where it'll take a little bit of adaptation. Um, but like the keto diet and then activities like cycling, backpacking. Uh, you'll have the energy, mm-hmm. right? Because your body's using fat as a fuel source. You might, your top end, um, because basically super hard efforts use carbohydrates in the muscles. Yeah. Uh, you know, so it, it's going to be an experiment. So, yeah. So what I learned this time around, um, warning, when you do the keto diet, you need to get your electrolytes and your supplements locked in, mainly your electrolytes, because keto um, flu, it's when you feel foggy. And I actually got into a car accident in a parking lot because I was like, what? (laughs) You're almost, it's almost like a drunk feeling, like you're really out to lunch. And, um, and of course, we were rock climbing. So it's like stuff carbs down my throat, (laughs) you know, because I'm like, I, kind of foggy it's like how do i tie my <laughs> rope on put on this blade device yeah but you haven't seemed to run into that this time around i have not i was on top of it so yeah. what i did differently that i recommend is rather than just eating keto foods because that's what i did um you can eat too many calories or you just don't get the right supplements i followed a menu mm. and i did it for a month and i did it to the book and with that they recommended things like keto lemonade that has aside from lemon juice it has an aloe vera juice it has like salt right yeah like himalayan sea salt so sea salt things like bone broth that all helps with um balancing your nu- your nutrients and what you need in your body so you don't get keto flu and so mm-hmm. that that made a difference and that there were times when i started to experience it again and as soon as i had electrolytes i was good yeah so make sure if you try it and then there's the fear that um, keto diet isn't good for people who are doing endurance, right? They need, because people equate carbs for endurance and energy. But then there's athletes who have done it. So I don't know, you got to do your research. And, but I feel good. Mm-hmm. Like I haven't done anything endurance or, you know, on a bike, but 
I've been doing these hard workouts and I don't think I did them to the same degree of effort or success. Yeah. You're like, you're having no problems getting through hour long yeah. workouts where we're going like nonstop for an hour. Yeah. You know, so that seems to be like, it, it, that's the thing that, that I've noticed this time around versus last time. Like you, you don't seem to be having any of the weird side effects you get from having a low carb diet. Yeah. You know? And I often put Himalayan sea salt in my water just to, just because, oh, I take B12. Is it B2 or B12? B12. Yeah. I take that every day. That was actually a game changer for me the first time around. As soon as I did that, I was good. Yeah, that's true. Because we bought that at a supplement store uh, in... Um, yeah, I can't remember New York. Ogdensburg. Ogdensburg. But I, I just bought this one at Walmart. Yeah. They're the tablets. So that is also it worked for me. I think mm. everybody's a bit different. Yeah. What about your diet? Do you uh, make any major changes? Are no. You just, yeah. Um, do you eat twice a day? Do you fast? I fast also. Um, I, I do, I, I switch it up a lot because mm-hmm. I find that when I lost a lot of weight with keto, this time around, I actually lost a lot of weight in the first week and a half, something like 12 pounds, which I've never done before. So it's unheard of for me, but I also fast. I don't, I drink a coffee. Um, and yeah, cause you, you've kind of mixed keto with intermittent fasting. I did. And then I have, um, the rock fuel, rocket fuel coffee. Actually has actually it has hemp seeds and hemp seeds has a lot of calories so mm. I, maybe that isn't fasting but yeah that's not then no but often I do have just coffee because I'm lazy mm-hmm. and I don't eat until which means more calories later which I'm fine yeah well and I find that like uh, you know a lot of times some days like I'll, I'll have breakfast um, but most days I don't mm-hmm. uh, it just depends what I feel like in the morning yeah um, and then you know. Uh, if I'm over here, I'll tend to have a keto meal with you for dinner. Yeah. Uh, you know, like today, um, I ate once before I came over, uh, and I had a bowl of like mixed berries. Mm -hmm. So I had like blueberries, raspberries, strawberries, a few different berries, just whatever was in the fridge. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, I made two scrambled egg burritos mm. um, and, you know, basically a little bit of salsa on both of them. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's what I. It's good that you're not having carbs because if you're mixing carbs and fat and then doing keto, right? Well, but, but it's, it's uh, like I, I had tortillas, mm-hmm. but I didn't have it. With my keto meal. Yeah. So that's the difference. Yeah. I guess the the big key thing is that. You can have carbs at times, you know, within moderation. You just don't want to mix carbs with fat. Yes, because carbs are going to increase your insulin levels. And you don't want to have a lot of fat in your bloodstream yeah. when your insulin levels are up. I have noticed when I've had sugar, because there have been moments at Christmas, the sugar down. Yeah. Which feels like the keto flu. And I'm like, uh, you know, not feeling well. Yeah. So that's okay. I don't want to you know, incentivize myself or motivate myself to eat more sugar. <laughs> so that works. But what goals do you have for this year? What, what's your, what so, are you gunning for? I've sort of put any of the climbing go- specific goals on hold because we can't even go to the climbing gym right now. Yeah. Um, so uh, I want to get to the point because I, I used to be able to do this years ago, um, do 100 push-ups in a row. Hmm. 
Um, right now, I maybe could do 15. Okay. You know, if I just sort of 15 or 20, like, you know. Uh, so, you know, my thing is like what we're doing is just gradually increasing, you know, like I'm doing sets of six now. Yeah. Um, for like eight or 10 sets mm-hmm. and I'm, you know, getting them all. Mm-hmm. So then it'll be seven and then it'll be eight and then, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll be doing 100 push-ups in 10 minutes, mm-hmm. you know, if we do 10 sets. Right. You know, I'll get to that point. Um, and then I'll just keep increasing. Um, because you're, you're, you're getting a big endurance building effect when you're having those short rest periods in between, right? It's kind of like muscle intervals. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so 100 push-ups, uh, I'm going to call it by May. Yeah, I'm raised down. Yeah. May. It's uh, a, a lot of months away. We'll go like May, May two four weekend, whatever that. that. <laughs> you know, I'm just gonna you know right, just picking yeah. a date, um, because you, theoretically you'll be moving by then. Oh, I'm going to a three bedroom home. Yeah, Woo-hoo. with a backyard and a fire pit. Yeah, and a cabana that we're turning into our exercise studio. And we're gonna get a big tractor trailer tire. Yeah. So you can you know beat like, the shit out of stuff in the backyard and roll it over and. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, see, that's the cool thing about having like a bit of a backyard uh, is you can. I want to get a slack line. Yeah. That's just more fun. Yeah. Anyway. And great stability training. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's supposed to be good for climbing, they say. Yeah. I haven't you know. seen the studies. I've just heard. Yeah. You know, I, don't know if, I, don't, I don't know if there's been any studies. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, so that I want to get back to the point where I can do 12 pull-ups. Mm-hmm. Like right now, I can maybe do three. Uh, so, hmm. you know, because like during first lockdown, I got up to six. Yeah. Um, and then when I went back to work, I was so tired being on my feet all day every day because I hadn't been on my feet all day every day mm-hmm. that then I ran into the thing where the workouts kind of went to the wayside for a little while. Yeah. <laughs> do you think we'll be able to keep up our workouts when you go back to work? Um. We're going to make ourselves. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. Even if I have to pick you up and what, you know, because you've been walking all day rather yeah. than obviously walk all the way here or ride. Kind of like the old days. I used yeah. to pick you up and, and go, go, go to, to the, the gym. gym. Yeah. Um, in your new car. <laughs> I got a new car. I think I said that last time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, basically, it's all a season of news for you. I know. I don't want any more expensive news though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I think those two... You know, the 12 pull-ups okay. and 100 push-ups. Yeah. Um, and I do want us to pick up like a 60-pound kettlebell. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I want to get to the point where I can do like 100 swings in a row with a with the 60. Hmm. That's going to be a pretty good. Yeah. I think for me, I'm just going to focus on weight loss as one metric. Mm-hmm. Um, fuck, by May 2-4, another 10 pounds maybe? I don't know. I feel like this. I, there's this mental block in me because I've never been. So I'm 189 right now. Woohoo, I made the 189, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I know that's a large number for a high number for a lot of people. I get it, right? But for me, going from 230 to 189. <laughs> kids you know look what they do to you um yeah i haven't been 189 in a long time mm-hmm. so for me to go to the 170s would be a big deal 
I haven't done that since I was like 19. See, it's totally doable. It's totally doable. Because really. Between now and May. Because it's four, four months. Yeah. And quite honestly, I should lose more, but I'm not in a hurry if I can because you know how like you, you go gung-ho and then you don't and then you fall off the bandwagon and then you, and you, fall, and you, and then you just you're discouraged yeah I just I'm I'm patient right now yeah I'm it's lifestyle yeah you know what the big changers too is I hated cooking before I really did and now that my menu planning and my cooking now everything's structured because I have goal to achieve mm-hmm. and it's all serving a purpose and the purpose is to help me lose weight and and the Many, and the the recipes are delicious, so it all because it's all working towards something. I don't mind putting in the effort, mm-hmm. and then now it's more enjoyable. It's actually relaxing for me. And working from home, like you know, you're not rushing the commute time that you would normally go to work. You can spend time getting things ready, prepped. You can turn on the oven, turn on the crock pot, whatever at lunch. Yeah. So when when we're talking about goals, one of the important things. Um, is and like don't have vague goals uh like have concrete goals right like it's i want to do this number of something by this date uh you know or like basically coming as like a cycling and triathlon coach uh you know for for many many years it's that whole thing of like anybody who wants to make progress get people to sign up for an event um right and it's like okay you're gonna do a short course triathlon Mm -hmm. right we sort of work out what would be a reasonable goal because any of your goals should be attainable for sure right um what is a reasonable you know time to finish Mm -hmm. right and then we know the date you need to have it ready for like Mm -hmm. the fitness ready so then we just work it backwards yeah um yeah, I don't have, and I'm not there, like as far as a, um, a specific objective, I think it's kind of simple for me. I just want to be lighter and stronger. Mm-hmm. So for me, it really is a number. I should have a number. <laughs> um, I actually did say 170 in the past. Yeah. I'd be pretty goddamn happy to get to that point. Um, that would be a big whole like new era for me. So I'm going to say 170 is what I'm gunning towards. And it's going to take some time and I'm willing to put it in. Because I'm really enjoying the process. Like the cooking, I find it relaxing. Mm-hmm. And the um, workouts are fun. Um, yeah. And right now I'm really enjoying, I look forward to it. I look forward, I don't know if I always look forward to the workouts. <laughs> um, I, I do look forward to cooking. I'm quite, and that's a big deal. It's a big shift. So, but I, I really love you know, you got to find something that you love. And I love the mountain biking. And I'm excited about the bike touring or um, packing that we can do. Mm. And we're talking about, because we can't travel, why the fuck not? Wouldn't you go to Lake Superior? For us, it's like probably a day's drive to get up there. But I wouldn't go there any other time because I would take that same amount of driving distance and go elsewhere. Yeah. Cause for the whole circuit of climbing places in the U S yeah, like, you know, you know, because Eastern seaboard. Yeah. Cause that's the thing. It's like, if we were able to cross the border, we could go to the red river gorge and go to the T wall in Tennessee and, you know, go yeah. to the gunks and <laughs> like, there's so all I, these, I imagine some good climbing in near Lake Superior. There might be some good oh, yeah. granite. Yeah. Like sleeping giant. And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to drive up. 
we're going to take our bikes, go climbing, just Winston and I for maybe 10 days. Or Val David in Quebec. Mm-hmm. That's, but I wouldn't mind going there with the kids too. We have to figure that out. But yeah. anyway, so I just want to be in really good fitness because I want to be faster on my bike. I think I was at the most doing how many kilometers an hour? At the most, maybe 22. But that, that was riding a mountain bike on the road. Or even my hybrid. Yeah. But either either way, it, neither are particularly aerodynamic positions. No, but I want to go faster. Mm-hmm. And I've already noticed it on my bike. So I've got a trainer, a very expensive trainer that you know, is a bit of a, what do you call this? A clothes rack <laughs> right now? Right now it is, yeah. Yeah. It's um, where I hang my jacket when I come in. <laughs> hey, I did use it the other day. Good girl. Actually, I used it yesterday. There was a webinar. They couldn't see me. <laughs> it wasn't good for taking notes. But anyway, I tried. Yeah. But yeah, like it's it, it's one of these things of just trying to figure out, um, you know, the, the different techniques that work for you, right? Like if you, if, if you can enjoy the process. Yes. That's a great, because that's the thing that makes it a lifestyle. So my goal was to make it a habit. See, I yeah. forgot my goals and I'm remembering, remembering them again. It was actually very important to bring exercise back into my life and good nutrition and sleep. Mm-hmm. Just so I could be a happier person. Yeah. And I am happier. Well, because you have your magic bed now. I do. Uh, okay. Thermopedic beds. I got laughed at. People saying I'm turning, officially have turned into an elderly or old person. I'm yeah. like, Angles, baby, angles, because <laughs> it just, yeah. <laughs> I'll just stop there. Yeah. But they should market it that way. I'm, t- yeah. I'm just saying. You don't have to, you don't have to go to one of those adult stores and get the weird pillows or nothing. <laughs> the bed just, burp, burp, <laughs> you know, so it, anyway. it's being creative. Yeah. Um, and, and that, that, the, the zero gravity position on it too is great for recovery. Like with your yes. feet elevated. Yes. And as a side note, it also turns into like almost like a, a sofa. giant couch. <laughs> so we're, you know, when we're going to move into the new place, I want to have like a, a big screen TV on the wall. So we have a second room for, and actually it's where I teach, you know, I, I read with my kids and they do homework and yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's the thing. It's like figure out um, what works for you as far as, um, what you want to accomplish because your goals could be, you know, things like um, having a more fulfilling life, right? Not just any fitness goals. Like that's kind of what we're focused on right now. Yeah. Um, and I think everybody benefits from being in better shape, right? You benefit physically. Um, you benefit uh, as far as your mental health goes. Um, like I've never known a case where being in better shape made your life worse. I guess you could be in so good a shape that like you're getting hit all done all the time. <laughs> you know, maybe that's a problem. Or but, you're spending too much time at the gym, like hours. You know, but that just means you don't know how to work out. <laughs> that's true. That's why I like these workouts. You know, because we're go- we, we've done a few workouts, you know, in the last month yeah. where we got, because we didn't do the minute break in between, yeah. we just switched. We got 60 sets done in 60 minutes. So I was just looking for, we, we did a, a track tip Tuesday. Um, called the 10 Training Commandments. Rule number one, something is better than nothing. Yep. So it's always better to do something than nothing. Rule two, you get good at what you do. Oh, here's the music. Sorry, hang on. (laughs) (laughs) Rule number three, a little more is often better. You grow when you rest is number four. Can't do everything, so pick what's important now. 
You can't run a race car on cheap gas. Do what you suck at. Train with people who are better than you. Lift heavy, walk a lot, sprint a little, and stay limber. And the fitter or older you are, the longer you have to, I think, warm up. Yep. It just flew. Anyway. Fitter, fitter you are, or the older you are, the longer it takes to warm up. Got it. And this is one of the things. If you're fat and out of shape, um, because you're not capable of doing much, going from resting to working isn't very far. Yeah. But if you're an elite level athlete, your resting is way down here, right? And then your working is way up there, so it takes longer to warm the car up, so to speak, the engine. Yeah. Um, and then if you're older, m- the warm-up is uh, more about getting the joints, getting fluid moving in the joints, right? So it all comes together that way. You just reminded me, because part of what I use as a metric to uh, figure out, or measurement to figure out how hard to work is my heart rate. Mm-hmm. So I highly recommend a heart rate monitor for that. We've already talked about it, but yep. it's 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 really important for that reason to help measure your where you should be at, depending on what you're after. Yeah. But um, yeah. Yeah, because a lot of times people either work out too hard or too easy. Yeah. Right. And they don't really have a way of quantifying it. They don't know. Right. So, yeah. you know, heart rate can be a useful tool for, for a lot of people. More elite level athletes than you have to have heart rate plus a power meter and a bunch of other metrics. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the fitter you are, the more specific your training has to be to make any progress because you're closer to your genetic potential. Mm-hmm. So then it means you have to do more things right. Right. Like coaching a new person, they can see huge gains because everything's low hanging fruit with a new end. Whereas, you know, it was always like a fun puzzle to work with elite athletes because to get them like 1% better, I had to like basically come up with these plans that were like I was a NASA scientist. (laughs) Right. So it was it was a more complex problem to solve to Mm -hmm. figure out the load they needed. And they need a lot of load to make progress, but they're still human. So it's this razor edge where too much load and then the whole body collapses, Mm. right? Um, Most people, that's never a worry. They never work enough to overtrain. Mm -hmm. But with a high level athlete, you know, if they're training 25 hours a week, it doesn't take too much to do too much, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So if you're out of shape, just think it's, it's easy to get in better shape. Oh, yeah, newbie gains. <laughs> yeah, newbie gains. And that's so. that's where, you know, if you want to see some progress, is doing whatever it is you suck at. Yes. Get better at that, and you'll see a big performance huge, increase. Huge, huge. It carries over. I mean, if you're just looking for fast gains all the time because it's what motivates you, just keep switching it up. Yeah, because you're, you're always doing something new. Um, you try to maintain, if you can, what you're strong at, like doing sort of a concurrent or or conjugate but, method of training but i was surprised that uh in in periods of time that i hadn't been working out at the gym how much my muscles were still there you know like i didn't lose a lot of strength well it takes a lot to get it yeah. right but it doesn't disappear quickly yeah like your fitness can your cardiovascular fitness goes pretty quickly yeah, it does. but it comes back pretty quickly yeah your fitness and cardio can go back you can lose your current performance in about a week's time right uh, after a week's time you notice a big drastic well it depends because if you if you ease off to recover then you can actually see it improve no i'm talking to do nothing yeah 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 but i mean if you've done a mm-hmm. lot right maybe you don't want to do nothing but you know a dramatic no i did nothing and i felt it yeah i felt like a smoker which i've never smoked but i was like uh you know 
But the, you, yeah, like it, it, that can vary a little bit from person to person. Mm, but that was me. Um, but I also have a high heart rate. Yeah. <laughs> like a hummingbird. Like 200. I'm 46 years old. Like that whole, you know. 220 minus your age. It's just the but window. It, but it always was because the cardiologist that came up with it yeah. said it was, it was for an obese population as a rough calculation for them to get out walking. Okay. Like it was never meant as anything scientific as far mm. as like, you know, because there is quite a bit of variability in heart rate from one person to the next. So you should work harder. You know, well, you should, you should basically, um, use your breath, get some sort of testing done. Mm-hmm. So you know what your heart rate ranges should be. Yeah. Right. Because if you don't know what your, and you don't have to go right to your max, but if you don't know what a rough estimate of your max is, yeah, then how do you calculate anything? So where can you get that tested? Um, there, you can do like step tests yourself. Like you can look it up online, mm-hmm. like how to test maximum heart rate, Got it. you know, or heart rate zones. Um, and you know, you'll, you'll find it. Basically, I always treat it like you've got three zones. Um, you know, basically recovery, a you know, endurance and then death. <laughs> um, so you should be throwing up at the end. Well, throwing up sort of one of those things. It's more if you're new to it and you ate too close to working out. Right. Um, you know, but if you do it regularly, like some hard work regularly that really get you winded, you adapt to it and you don't feel pukey anymore. Mm. Unless you ate a hamburger before doing it. Yeah. You know, you get something sitting in your stomach like a light balloon. Hmm. Um, yeah. And then as far as other goals that we have, it's like we're finally like doing things like monetizing the podcast and monetizing our website. Like actually, you know, I know. It's it's sort of the kind of things that, you know. We should have done you, a You do for others, but not us. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the uh, the shoemaker has kids and has no shoes. shoes. <laughs> so we're, we're finally doing that stuff. So yeah. Uh, you know, so you, check out our website. We've yeah. got a lot of articles. Yeah, yeah. You've actually done a lot of good ones. Um, in particular, we've done a lot for backpacking. Yeah. And winter camping. And winter camping. Um, a couple. Any for exercise? Uh, Training? I can't remember. There's going to be some on there. We're going to. But, yeah. but we're going to do more. Yeah. Because it, it's it's one of these things like there's so much bullshit as far as fitness out there mm. um, that I think being able to like simplify it. Yeah. Like something easy to understand. And this fucking works. It does. Right. Like I wouldn't be th- saying th- it. this particular workout or, you know, just even the different approaches. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, because if you're if if your goal um, isn't like a specific athletic goal or anything, but it's just to look better in your underpants. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not that complicated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the workouts like we're doing, which you'll also have the carryover benefit of being just in better shape too. Like fitness wise, mm-hmm. you'll have more endurance. You don't get tired as easily. Going up the stairs won't be an issue. Um, but if the goal is build a little bit of muscle and burn body fat, um, these types of workouts, right? Because they're, they're so effective. So I'll put in the show notes, the one that we talked about, the details on it, just to yeah. give people an idea. You know. But you can mix it up. And literally, we uh, do it in a space, like it's the walkway of your apartment. Oh, I should put a picture up with the three of us, or the four of us, all in the same area. Yeah. It's probably like, oh my God, six by eight. No, 10 by 10. Let's say 10 by 10. Uh, yeah. And there's four of us working out, two kids, two adults. We're all hanging, nearly missing each other. <laughs> well, yeah, but we lo- do it, but it works. Mm-hmm. And um, you just you just do, and you open up the windows. 
Yeah, because otherwise it's airflow. Just, yeah. You know. Yeah. So if we can do it. Yeah. Anybody can. Yeah. Uh, All right. So until next time, I'm Winston. I'm Catherine. Remember to work hard. Play dirty. We got it right. I know. That's awesome. I'm not no brain fog. Yeah. Mm. The ketos. <laughs>